and uh, welcome to the podcast. Man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course, man. It's a pleasure having you here. Honestly, it's uh, ever since I saw you with uh, Frankie, that was a great experience. Recommend it in uh, in Dallas here in Denton. Oh yeah, Frankie. Frankie goes hard. Yeah, man. And uh, so do you guys, man. I was so it's so awesome when you go out to a concert and the opening band is actually like good. You know, it's like the coolest treat. <laughs> Sometimes it works out, you know. Uh, but yeah, that was the case with uh, with you, man. I with your album it was really cool. Uh, the whole album that you guys recorded out in nature. I would love to talk about that, man. Like, how did you decide to do that? Like, how how did that form? <laughs> um, it was kind of born out of necessity, I'd say. Uh, we recorded it in uh, October of 2020. Uh, so there wasn't like a lot going on. And a lot of people, when they were playing shows because of the pandemic and everything, it was like, um, you know, it would it would be remote or it would be like a virtual. They'd be playing online in some format or some fashion. Um, we have a close friend who uh, he hosts uh, an annual festival every November called No Fest out in Romney, Texas. Uh, our buddy Andrew, and he's a great artist, uh, very prolific. He, he puts out a lot of art. And um, every November he hosts this festival and we would play basically every November. And then because of the pandemic, it was like, hey, this year we're doing something a little different. We're going to do it online. If you could film a set or a song or whatever, um, it, basically nothing longer than 30 minutes. Uh, we'll, we'll put it, basically he did like a no fest every weekend of November. I'm pretty sure is what he did. He like, he did a virtual, Hey, these are some yeah. of the bands you would have seen at the festival and uh, everybody kind of submitted. And uh, we really didn't do much all that year for obvious reason um and so i think we were all kind of like a little bummed out because we had all been looking for we had like south by engagements kind of set up for in the spring that year and it was going to be our first south by we had like four or five shows lined up and obviously everything kind of fell to the wayside um and uh we uh we looked at it as an opportunity to be like hey we've always kind of talked about filming a set in nature uh, what if for or recording a set in nature, what if we did this for Andrew's festival, we put it online and, and that was kind of the initial idea. There wasn't vinyl in mind when we recorded it, it was more or less doing it for our buddy mm -hmm. Andrew's festival. So that's, that's kind of where the idea stemmed from. Um, and then from there we were like, Hey, let's put it out as an album. We were happy with it. And, um, just, just to kind of like have like, um, uh, a way to like memorialize the year in a way or to like put a timestamp on like, hey, this is where we were at. There, here's a Polaroid shot of where we were at this time and uh, sonically speaking. Uh, and we put it on the album and then we sent it off to a couple labels and we found a label who liked it and they put it out on vinyl. Wow. That's awesome, man. That's uh, That's really cool. And how was that experience of... Because it was all improvised, right? Like you guys. Yeah, at, at that point, and, and it's funny you say that. At that point, we started playing in 2017. 
Um, so by 2020, we had been a band for about two, three years. And so we had a set, but it was all based off of improvised jams. And then from oh. there, you record it, and then you're like, oh, that was a really good take, you know, or that was a really good cut of that jam. And then you have like a re like a good representation of it. And then you're like, well, those are kind of like the songs, you know, and then like you start refining your set around like what you've kind of the way we describe it is like um, like sound sculptures. And it's kind of like when you <laughs> improv, it's like nice. you you're chiseling away at this block, <laughs> right? And then like slowly but surely, the more yeah. you dig in there, uh, definition and details, you know, they define and refine themselves. And you're like, hey, we should do that little thing right there. Like we did that one time. And then before you know it, you know, that's implemented into like the structure of what was once an improvisation and is now, you know, a documented recording or song. Yeah. Yeah, that is so sick uh, to just like go back and listen to those. Like how, how long would those jams be? Like how long would you just sit there and listen to you guys jam until you found I, like, okay, this is going to be a song. It, it will. It, the earlier days, there was way longer improvisations. Um, yeah. For the example of that jam in the woods, we basically just went out and did what our live set was at that time. Oh, gotcha. But those were all improv jams that we were jamming on. And it's so funny. People will ask us, like, what was that song? And normally the songs don't have track titles, honestly. Sometimes they will, but they most of the time they won't have a track title until the album is coming out and we're having to decide what to call it. Wow. Um, because most of the time we're just calling it, hey, the E-jam. We're calling it by its key. That's you right. know, like That's we're right. we're like, hey, whatever that new A jam is that we're doing, you know, and gotcha. We I mean, may have like a silly like little <laughs> moniker for it or something like, oh, we're calling this one Lizard Woman for right now. <laughs> is it gonna be Lizard Woman on the album? Who knows? You know, maybe maybe yeah. that idea will will you know plant will be a planted seed and then take root and form into a different you know a whole different idea. But um, you never know, you know. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I remember seeing on your set list the E major or E E minor, just like a bunch of letters. And now that makes sense. Yeah. It's just, they're just notes. Yeah. Right. So when y'all are like, can we get the set list? It's like, yeah, but it's just it's gibberish. I mean, it's <laughs> but yes, you're welcome to have it. I mean, it's 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 good to have if if you want it, you know. I, I love set lists, man. Especially because, I mean, you can get them signed as well. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. It becomes special in, in, right. in a way it's, sometimes. It's like, it's like a, a commemorates the, the moment and the evening and the experience. And you'll be like, hey, I was there. And mm -hmm. I saw these songs or these keys or these you know, scribbles. Oh, or, you know. There you go. Yeah, that night was on that key or something. Right. It had that vibe. Do, do you think that certain notes or chords have certain emotions like tied with them absolutely absolutely yeah. i i definitely i believe there's some some true uh magic and science between all that and uh the way our bodies receive the information that is music uh it's a symbiotic re relationship you know it's oh, it's a give really? and, a, and a take yeah. and so um 
yeah, there's definitely chords that make you feel certain ways. And there's definitely certain notes that, you know, make you feel other ways. And there's, it's, that's kind of what's beautiful about music. And that's why it's not one size fits all. And it's, um, yep. you know, but then again, it is, you know, because it, it can cover so much ground. It, it, it can cover and convey so many different emotions. Um, yeah. It's universal. It's like, it's, it's like a paradox because I mean, you go to other cultures and you experience, you're like, well, what is this? How is this music? Um, there's other skills uh, that we don't usually work with here in the West. Uh, right. But, you know, there is that part of the music uh, experience that is your own personal experience based on your culture and, you know, how you grew up and that would change. But it, there, the, you guys also have like this ability to, um, to shape the emotion of the room with the music in a way, you know, by just playing like, you know, that's the thing. It's like, it, it it's kind of like paradoxical because the person has to, you know, digest it in like how much of it is the person digesting it and how much is you intentionally making is like playing these chords to give off that emotion. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that depends on the player. It depends on the musician. It depends on the band. It depends on the audience member, you know, cause it's something Andres, uh, the drummer in my show talks about a lot. And I, I can't, I can't recall who he is quoting uh, somebody I'm sure profound and significant, uh, but he quoted some great musician and was basically saying, uh, as a player, you're playing, you're playing for the first listener. And who was the first listener? The first listener was you, you know, you can't, you can't listen for anyone else. Um, what appeals to you, what feels right to you, what feels wrong to you. I like to listen to music that I don't like, because for that reason, I feel like there's, there's a, there's a lesson to be learned there. There's a, mm. why don't you like this? Why does this get under my skin? And Whoa. you know, and um, I saw an interview recently, I think it was with Henry Rollins and he was talking about his listening habits. And what he does is through the week, the five days of the week, Monday through Friday, he will listen to things that he he's never listened to before or things that he knows he's maybe not necessarily going to like, because to him, it's like um, he, he has to like sit down and like listen to it and like wrap his head around it. And then during the weekends, he listens to all the things that he knows he loves and he can play infinitely uh that don't require a lot of thought don't require a lot of digestion mentally because it's just like the stuff that makes you feel good you know the the music you put on when you're cooking the music you put on when you're doing the dishes you know like things that feel good that are always going to feel good in any time of day or any setting um mm -hmm. and i like that i like the idea of challenging yourself as a listener to like listen to things outside of your norm because like you said our culture's and especially in, in Western civilization, Western music, it's highly colonialized. It's highly whitewashed in that this is what's good and this is what's bad. But then you have yeah. so much other music throughout the world that uh, says otherwise. And then in turn, what's interesting, I think, to each of us as listeners, especially like, and I don't want to speak for you or for anyone, but like those of us who do like to listen, 
I like to see where they blend. I like to see where you can take something Western and Eastern and from anywhere in the world and where they have their unique passages and phrases and scales and stuff that's unique to them. But then you have like the areas where like, say you take the pentatonic blue scale, you know, and you mash that up against something from like Eastern Asia or somewhere in Africa, they all have their roots probably historically from Pangea. And from, you know, mm-hmm. the very first people who picked up, you know, percussive instruments and, and, and readed, you know, like woodwind instruments and, um, and, you know, the, it's, it's the, um, the harp, just real quick, the harp actually evolved from the bow, like the hunting, right. the hunting, right. like, everything from hunting came, it became instruments because people just kept like, oh, look at this, it's making sound there. And that turns right. the piano, guitar, everything stemmed from the, the harp after that. It's crazy. That, I mean, it's it's all shared. It's all like, it's just wild. Yeah. Yeah, I I love that. Um, that's kind of how I got this podcast out as well because there's there's that pressure, right, to not get in the way of actual intelligent people who have things to say who can change the world or or good musicians who you know like you and stuff like that who can i don't i wouldn't say you're getting in the way i think it's good to have a conversation amongst uh uh fellow intelligent people and you know like have have good conversation and stimulate the mind to think about something more than what's on you know the tv screen or the computer screen or even though we're interacting via screens right now which is an amazing thing, but it's also like, it's a huge distraction. It's a huge distraction in mass for many, but then it's also like, it's a, it's a universal equalizer in another way in that we can reach out to each other and communicate and have intelligent conversations and, and talk about uh, music and like what uh, inspires us and, and why, you know? And um, I wouldn't say you're getting in the way. If anything, I, I greatly appreciate the opportunity to have this conversation. <laughs> Dude. Thank you, man. It's a it's a friend date. It's it's that's that's all it is, really, man. For sure, it's just an excuse to <laughs> to talk with with your friend for for thirty minutes or something for an hour. Right. <laughs> but... and we're having intellectual conversations. We could be playing video games with a headset, you know. And I'm not saying intellectual conversations don't happen there too, but like you know, it's it's uh it's good to it's good to sometimes pl- unplug from the other stuff and plug into um, I don't know. I, I think what, what kind of really brings us all here, which is like, uh, I don't know, like, why why are we human? Why are we, I don't want to go that far in that deep, but like, why, like, <laughs> no, you know, let's, like, come on. let's go, let's That's go. Where we so are. Like, you, you, you know, it's like, we, we make music and we do a lot of things that we're like, why do we do this, you know? And to your point, you know, do certain chords, do certain, certain notes uh, elicit certain emotions, uh, do certain cultures, uh, practice music in different ways as to elicit uh, different emotions or maybe uh, different lived experience, different histories. You know, like we, we come from different places, but that doesn't mean that the human experience isn't shared, even if our music is telling maybe different stories. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's a, again, a universal language. Wow. Yeah. That is so interesting, man. Yeah. I, I love that. <laughs> some people are good with like numbers. I'm terrible with numbers, but like I'm good. And some people say music is numbers. It is for a lot of people. 
but like for me it's like it's it's colors you know it's like it's like painting you know or or chiseling a sound sculpture you know where like you're you're building a megazord of sound or like you know like and you 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 take these building blocks drums and bass and guitar and vocals and you put them together and all of a sudden it's like you've created something that is greater than yourself uh with and not to sound pompous or arrogant or full of myself but like you right. you have it, it, i don't know like um maestro talks about it much of my my bandmates we talk about it um but like um i know that i we also talk about it with our our girlfriend and our wife and our brother's uh group sunbuzzed okay. um my girlfriend plays drums in sunbuzzed and andres's brother plays keys in sunbuzzed and then josh's wife uh plays guitar in sunbuzz and then our close best friend sings and plays guitar in the group as well um shout out to sunbuzz shout out to hell yeah <laughs> Lo and Cadi and uh daniel and ellie we love y'all um but uh yeah it's like a shared it's like a partridge family thing almost where like we share equipment and we, we share we don't share members but like we're definitely at each other's shows and we're loading in and out for one another and one thing that I know that the girls talk about in Sunbuzz is it's almost like the possession where like you play the music and it's almost like you tune into the music and you you tune out of your physical self and you you tap into the possession where like they're possessed by the spirit of their music. And in a way, it's almost like the music is being played through them, not them playing the music. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's yeah. a conduit channeling kind of. Uh, receiving through the antenna of the of the consciousness if you will um right. so i feel the same way with maestro i feel like when andres and josh and i uh tap into it and a, a lot of that i think stems from us starting as a jam band and improv is you'll be droning for five ten minutes on the same chug riff whatever and then out of nowhere you'll just spontaneously change and you'll all do it in unison and there was no cue. There was no like, hey, now we do go into the other thing. Mm -hmm. No, it just, it happened organically. It happened naturally out of like the trance of, you know, the hypnotic riff for five, 10 minutes. Now we went into this other thing and now we're possessed by another, mm -hmm. you know, we're being channeled by another avenue of this musical spirit. So I think of Maestro in a way is like the same thing. It's a teacher, it's an entity that we all tune into and tune out of. And when we jam together and we're tuned into it, we're we're tuned directly into the source, we're tuned tuned directly into Maestro, and Maestro's tuned directly into us. And we're we're doing Maestro's bidding, and through it, we're learning about music and life, and uh we're learning how to speak the universal language. And um yeah it's weird it's weird to talk about because I, a lot of bands they like they have songs right they have hooks and they have choruses and they have things for people to like sing along to and then like recite and then like um you know become a part of but with us it's like we don't have lyrics we don't you know it's just like <laughs> it's very much like a feeling you know it's it's um right a channeling of the energies into this whatever it is you know yes Yes, and I, I think you can honestly plug in, you know, that with anything. Uh, take out music, put in uh, 
you know, anything in life, you know, I think that our, our, our bodies could be considered radios, you know, absolutely instru instruments of the soul or yeah, but that doesn't, uh, um, yeah, like I think we can get used to just kind of being in our bodies a lot and being in in this reality can get uh you can like tune out and like really get into routine and just like fall asleep you know into to daily life but getting into like these types of connections with that um station you know you can call it like tuning or when you perform in in concerts or something and there's an audience and something really cool happens or, or whatever um I think can transport you to this space where cool things can happen. Right. It's every, free of like, yeah. it's like free of uh, uh, almost like time in a way, but like, uh, which out of the improv, that's kind of what would happen is you would jam. The first time we ever played to go together, uh, Josh Andres and I live uh, was in a previous group we were in called Goblins. Right. And we met like I met the synth player like that night and like it was at Rubber Gloves here in Denton. Nice. And uh, this was maybe 2015, 16. And basically I met John that night, the synth player. And then basically like we went on stage and I think we did like a 30, 40 minute jam, did not stop. And like that was the set. Like that was wow. so like out of just improvising, <laughs> almost like entering a trance state, you become you become timeless in a way. Uh, um, and then, or, or you aspire yes. to be, to, to stop thinking about time in a way. Um, I know when I was very young and I mean, it'll still happen every once in a while, but, um, uh Oh, uh Oh, we got a visitor. Hold <gasps> on. Sorry. We got a visitor. <laughs> Is it going to let me fit the, it's going to let, Oh, we got uh, Sammy. Hey, oh, Sammy. Sammy. Hey, Sammy. <laughs> I think I think Sammy's got to go out. Sammy, you got to go outside. You got to go out. Okay, okay, okay. She's doing her little dance. Let me uh, let me let her out real quick. Okay, sweet. Yeah, go I'm ahead, sorry. Go I ahead. apologize to interrupt the uh, this very important. <laughs> no. Uh, you're good. You're good. Come on, Sammy. Let's go outside. Let's go outside. <laughs> she'll just go outside and she'll chill. We, we had lights. a little special guest today. Hey, <laughs> Sammy. We have a special guest. Um... All right. I'll flip that back around, but yeah, um, very nice, dude. Yes, it's <laughs> it's in a way. It's like um, when I was younger, I know when I would play guitar, you would play. I would play for hours, just noodling along to CDs or whatever, and just stopping and rewinding and trying to figure out what riffs certain people were playing. And um, you kind of forget. You forget the time of day. You forget if it's night. You forget if it's morning. And then like you mm -hmm. you get lost in the instrument, and then you look up and you're like. Oh man, like I thought it was, you know, four in the afternoon. And then you look up and you're like, wow, it's like one in the morning. And and you're like, your sense of time is almost thrown off because you're just thinking about what you're doing. You're you're getting you're tuning into, I guess, just the practice of practice. Um and you know, that's that's a big part of it too, is like uh making lots of mistakes make all the mistakes just mm -hmm. make mistakes for days because like you got to get them all out you know you got to get all those mistakes out and how are you going to do it you know unless you make some mistakes 
got to break some eggs if you want to make that omelet. So I, I still make mistakes every day intentionally sometimes mm. um, when I'm playing my instrument just to like mess things up and just yeah. kind of what would happen if I did this, you know? And, right. Yeah, because if if you don't, then I mean, you're, you're playing probably, it safe. Yeah, right. You're probably tuning into a like a fairly popular radio station, Galactic uh, Federation station that <laughs> a lot of people tune into. Yeah, a lot of people like to tune into the popular ones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know the one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, radio channel seven right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah man but it, it does seem like you can kind of uh go out into your day and change your tuning uh in just like your regular day you know like it does your life can be that profound moment that you're kind of looking for as well yeah, I mean, just the practice of living. I mean, that's an art all in of itself, you know? Right, like, yeah. You're always, For sure. you're a radio that's always flipping out something, you know? Because mm -hmm. in order to be in this reality, in this um, universe, you have to have a body and experience time linearly or whatever. And so that kind of means that at all times you're tuned into some type of station. Mm -hmm. And... You might as well, you know, tune into something interesting and maybe make something fun or something, you know. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Follow those desires. Um, I would like to ask you um, maybe about meditation. Do you do you meditate? What is, what's your opinion on meditation? Uh, I should meditate more. It's definitely something I have practiced. Me too, me too. Um, minimally uh, in my time um, I actually have an aunt who is like an instructor of uh, kundalini yoga Ooh, okay. Um, hot yoga of, of its its, uh, its own form and um, I've attended like a session or two of hers that she's conducted and it's pretty interesting stuff I, I do think there's um, science behind a, a lot of it uh, mm -hmm. that is, uh, definitely a value and, uh, definitely has like, uh, in a way like, um, I don't know, rejuvenating. And then also like, uh, in a way, depending on how you practice, uh, therapeutic qualities. Um, for me, my biggest meditation probably is music. Um, uh, yeah, it, it, it in and of itself is a meditation for me. Um, so that is definitely the one I've practiced the longest and the most like consistently. Um, mm -hmm. but in terms of like breathing exercises, transcendental meditation, things like that, I've done a lot of reading on it. Um, it's, it's something that I think, uh, I will probably practice more as I age, uh, or as I don't know, the state of the world sometimes can be a very frustrating place to to be in or look at or um, be proximity to. Um, so sometimes meditation and breathing and and all that good stuff. Like I think it's definitely uh, a good uh, practice to have 
to kind of keep one's head one's head on straight because it's it's very easy to get i think uh deterred by how bad things can be but then it's also i think very good to i don't, I don't know in a weird way my meditations i think are more about just positive affirmation mm -hmm. uh where like i just like to reflect daily if i can if i'm capable and stay present uh to just remain like grateful and just try and practice gratitude as often as possible um just remembering and staying cognizant of the fact that i am lucky to be here lucky to experience any of this the fact that we're having a conversation the fact that like we woke up and you know there's moving pictures in front of our eyes and we're breathing and there's air and oxygen and all kinds of other stuff in our lungs and you know just it's it's um it's very easy to get bogged down and be like oh the world's a terrible place like why why would i want to be here you know and like i think we all get a lot a heavy reinforcement of that uh just through like the world as is um but i think all, a lot of that is also like um it's up to us in a way to like keep the ball rolling and spin the world in a, in a, a positive light you know like if, if we're out here creating art and we're making something cool like you mentioned earlier uh and we're sharing information and we're trying to expand our consciousness and meet new people and see other points of views and and not just think that it's just a, a black and white doomsday world you know in the little box yeah. that's on our screens you know it's uh it's very easy to forget that it is a beautiful place and there are beautiful people in it and we we whether we like it or not we're sent here to maybe take care of this place and take care of ourselves and take care of each other and i think capitalism and consumerism as a whole kind of distracts us from that to be like no i need to hoard my piece of the pie my little yeah. you know whatever meager little piece of whatever anyone has they feel like they've got to hoard it or guard it and i think that's um by design i think they don't necessarily want us to feel connected and of one mind and of one heart and of one soul and um because if if we were of one heart and one mind and one soul we'd all realize that we don't need money and we don't need um all these trivial things that they that essentially have been strung out before our eyes like carrots for us to chase after and that's not what we were sent here for we were here to love each other and uh share and and uh rejoice in the fact that we were born uh under the sun and we're all burning <laughs> so yeah <laughs> like we we can make it a better place or a uh a worse place and i i'm of the opinion that we should try and um do our part to make it leave it better than we found it if we can right yeah no it reminds me of uh um this book do you know ram das by any chance man you, mm -hmm. you seem like you be, be here ram now das. Hell yeah, i was actually just reading it. i opened up to a random page and i was just reading it and i love doing that before podcasts and shit like that just to you know get the brain moving and one of the things that it said it was like the third buddhist noble truth get rid of i think it was desire attachment and you get rid of suffering basically and easier said than done that's exactly <laughs> yes. what i'm saying man like it's like um 
right like it seems so so simple but it's uh like there seems to be a like a you know they also in be here now they say that like um purification through fire getting called to the fire like a a moth to a light you know there seems to be like almost this desire almost to to be here and a little bit to not be completely detached so part of us just feels like there's this gravity to be attached even if we could get the chitons to detach for some reason if it seems like we just always come back and grab it yeah no it's i mean that's that's the whole thing of reincarnation and samsara right is mm. um yeah and I mean, to your point, to your point of of what Ram Das said, um, Hendrix said something similar. Is like Ram Das said, if we can get rid of our desires, which is like the third no, like noble truth of Buddhism, whatever. If we can get rid of our desires, we can get rid of suffering. Hendrix said something very similar, and one of his most famous quotes is, "The day that," and I may be misquoting him, but the in summation, it basically is, um. The day that the power of love uh, essentially takes precedent over the love of power, then the world will know peace. Yeah, right. And so because of our consumer society that puts us at odds with one another, the expense of living is so high, uh, healthcare being an atrocious state of affairs for anyone who's making uh, money well below you know, a considerable amount uh we're we're from day one kind of incentivized to have, have a hunger for power and i mean look at all the people they string out in front of us from history napoleon genghis khan all these like world dominators caesar you know and it's like these are the people that we celebrate through our history but it's like they were terrible people they were terrible <laughs> people that like these are the Columbus. people that, but these are the people right these Christopher Columbus and like <laughs> it's not Columbus Day it's Indigenous Peoples Day and it's just it 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 we we uh commemorate and we um we kind of glorify these figures throughout our history that it's like why why are these the stories we're still telling why are these old like just kind of tyrannical figures the ones that we're like and we still talk about Hitler, and obviously we still need to talk about Hitler, so things like Hitler don't happen again. But like it just, and and the Holocaust, it just right. it, it, it just these terrible atrocities that humans are capable of on the one hand, but then it it, it just um, I don't know it, we're 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 in my mind we should be more uh, spiritually evolved as as a, a civilization as a I don't know, maybe a Petri dish for the aliens, whatever we are, you would think we've come a little further and aspired to maybe greater heights than destroying one another and, and claiming, you know, essentially a, a stolen throne. And, and that's just, that's what everybody that's, we're still living in that reality, you know, and we're, we're, we're not, we're not treating this space with the level of respect that it, it, it deserves and that it is owed. And that's, mm -hmm. that's deeply rooted in our history. And it's, yeah. it's a lot to dismantle when the pile of debris yeah. is at least karmically it's, it go, it goes beyond, you know, the planets, you know, like as far out, you know, the, the karmic debt that is um, 
so yes, the suffering, the suffering in if we get rid of desire, yes, it would be nice because the suffering was would end, but I think there's a little more to it than that because um there's a lot of ignorance and hatred and yes, greed and uh desire for world power and power over other people is probably at the root of a lot of the evils in our world. Um but we're we're just the poor hobbits from the Shire who want to throw the ring into Mordor, and we have to face we have to face all the the realms of Middle Earth and and all its people, and we've got to come back to tail the tail. Exactly. Oh wow, yeah, man. Um, yeah, I couldn't have said it uh, better myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh because like it seems like you look at nature i don't know there's this account called nature's metal on instagram i don't know if you know oh it. yeah I and love it's it. like the most destructive like monstrosive uh you know videos of and like the cutest animals just destroying one another or like black holes going on completely exploding it's like complete destruction literally happening all the time in the universe or like hurricanes you know it's like uh mm -hmm. but as soon as like it happens to us we're like mm -hmm. oh no that's that's wrong like that's not supposed to happen that's not natural. too close to home too close to home yeah like the earth has no right to be imperfect even though the whole universe is like in quotes suffering if you want to consider destruction suffering and you know, uh, we're we're gonna die. You know, so that's kind of built into the whole human ride of paranoia and all of that that goes into us looking at the earth and being like, "Holy fuck, it is we're like doing a bad job." But there is like that, um, like that idea that somehow this is all perfect. Like, there's the the quote that's like. You aim to try to end suffering without, like, attachment to whether suffering ends or not. So yeah. that's hard. That's hard. Yeah, because if you if you deeply care and you're deeply empathetic, sympathetic for the plight of humanity, it's hard to relinquish that part of oneself to mm -hmm. allow others to cause harm to themselves you know but to your point you say uh earth being imperfect or the world being imperfect through maybe like natural disasters or events or whatever it may be that's the other side of the coin is maybe those are not imperfect moments maybe that's all part of it you know it's like you have to destroy things to create new things and and it's the whole you know the the laws of physics of you know cannot be energy cannot be created or destroyed it's like it just it takes on a new shape it takes on a new form so i mean when the world and the universe says something must go it must go and when something mm -hmm. new must come it must come and you know as as gandalf says a wizard never arrives too early you know or too late mm -hmm. they're right when they're meant to you know so it's or something along those lines and um, you know, to me, I, I'm just happy to be part of the process. I hope I'm not destroying. I hope I'm, I'm planting seeds of growth of wh where I go more so than destruction. I know I have my part in it. You know, I think about 
the movie Fern Gully that I saw as a kid with like Robin Williams as the bat and like it's all about the fairies and the trees and like pollution and they're chopping down the trees and pollution is literally the bad guy in the movie it's like it's smog and like smoke and soot out of like industrial machines that are chopping down the trees and it's like it's like sentient like the gas the smog is like sentient and it's got like a face and it sings and it talks and i just remember seeing that as a kid and just being like no like (laughs) you know wow yeah yeah fern Fern gully shout out fern gully we're all we're all scarred from childhood for not taking care of planet earth facts but yes but you know with with that idea that energy can't be destroyed or created when we die you know it's kind of like that idea that that um momentum that you die with your whole life kind of keeps it doesn't stop when you die you know because energy can't just be destroyed right if you find a way because if you die and you are in that paranoia animalistic state of holy shit um the the whole world is on fire without even like trying to look at the fire inside of yourself and you just die like that you will probably pretty quickly rush back into a body or something into a yeah i mean i've i've read the tibetan book of the dead or the great liberation by hearing or the bartle total depending on how you uh refer to it but i think i pronounced that right i may be wrong um but that's basically what they talk about we pass and depending on how depending on how attached we are to ego like what you're describing uh if if we look at the fire as destructive as like oh no oh woe is me i'm gone forever uh i was so special i was so important da 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 uh, like it'll never be this good again of course you will look at the fire as destruction but you can look at the fire as as cleansing and and freeing yourself of all those attachments and so normally when you you cling to the ego you you essentially you're you're essentially broken down into the pile of ash and then you probably your energy clings to another vessel or form because it needs to exist as something or someone or um achieve something or you know that that longing that desire still stands it's still there uh or you're like, oh great, this is awesome. I'm I'm done. Like it's it's I'm free of this, you know, like and maybe maybe you become the phoenix they talk about, who knows? But uh mm-hmm. um yeah, it's it's a lot to consider. What what you're describing though, like dying, but then like not dying, it's it's kind of like um I don't know if you've ever read Slaughterhouse Five by Kurt Vonnegut, but it's the way he talks about time through the central character. I believe his name is Billy Pilgrim. Um, he he's basically jumping in and out of time throughout the entire book. He's not he's not experiencing mm. his life uh, in a linear fashion. He's experiencing it kind of cyclically, cyclically, um, where he's just jumping in and out of different moments throughout his timeline. And like he's seen his death, and he's seen his birth, and he knows like his most humiliating moments he knows his greatest triumphs all, the, all those different things um and uh it's, it's a pretty good book i i recommend it if you haven't read it because it kind of it's only like 200 something pages maybe three but cool is is that where the time traveler mantra came from the 
<laughs> outside over under time travelers mantra <laughs> <laughs> i don't know about that uh that was and that's honestly probably out of all the tracks we have that's probably the closest thing we have to lyrics <laughs> um because you can you can hear josh in that one say uh i believe the mantra is outside over under, under inside, inside. And so when we listened back to that, when we were naming the tracks, I was like, that almost, I think we were all sitting around and we were like, that almost sounds like a mantra. And then we were like, what, well, what kind of mantra is it? And we sat around and tried to figure out whose mantra it was. And then we decided it was the time travelers mantra. Oh, um, cool. Which, uh, that's an interesting thought. Thinking about it as words outside, over, under, inside, uh, if you think about it, that's almost in a way verbally or in, in a, in a mantra form trying to describe, I guess, like, what is it? The Taurus field or whatever oh. it is, the, the Fibonacci spiral that spins in on itself or whatever oh. it is, but the, the, uh, golden ratio. Yeah. But like, it's, it's like the, it's the three dimensional, four dimensional shape. That's the spiral that like it flows in on itself and it flows out on itself and it just, it's infinite. Yeah. It's like, a. I can't remember the, the term for it, but like outside, over, under, inside, it's kind of like that, you know, like you go outside, you go wait, outside, over, yeah, you go outside, you go over, you go under, you go inside. So I, I, I don't know, it's it's directions, I guess, to how to move about time. Right. Yeah. Kind of, <laughs> kind of, kind of, like how to maybe even move. Like, that's the thing, though. It can be put into like I, when you when you said it, I was like, oh, it kind of reminds me of breathing like air coming in and out of the lungs mm -hmm. exactly and we're supposed to be that field we're supposed to be that same um i think it's a tourist field um i may mm. be i may be incorrect but i'm i'm not a i'm not a into physics just yeah. i'm into music <laughs> i'm into music and the metaphysical i, I guess yeah no but uh maybe like um we are in every because you can look at it kind of like in, in reincarnation wise like we are coming in and out of bodies kind of like also the same way that you let, let your dog in and out of like oh, outside okay yeah. yeah we're bored let's go back inside over and under now let's go back outside and it's like death is that going through the door to go like back outside and then you get tired of outside so you come back inside and you just kind of do this kind of infinitely maybe within you without you oh cool as above so below oh. yeah yep Same no thing. that's the one there's also you know it also reminds me of the timothy leary quote of drop in uh tune in drop out some, something like that <laughs> yeah tune in tune in drop out no wait <laughs> see now now i'm like which one is it <laughs> man tune, wow. tune outside tune under <laughs> tune tune, <laughs> tune inside tune, tune tune over i don't i don't know but oh, apple man. turnover blueberry turnover i don't know yeah man that's but, that is what you should tell yourself as you are time traveling through bodies and space in the bardos of death the bardos yeah just remember strawberry outside <laughs> strawberry outside blueberry inside <laughs> oh my god well jonas 
thank you so much man for for joining us and uh where can people find you man if people wanted to to reach out and listen to your stuff uh maestro maya is on instagram spotify uh facebook Bandcamp, all that good stuff we're at maestro maya tx short for texas um on all of those platforms um we got some shows coming up we're playing with acid mother's temple at rubber gloves in denton uh october 18th it's a wednesday it came all the way from japan gonna be awesome with stargazer lilies from florida they're very shoegazy but like the real deal a lot of these kids out here they're like we're shoegaze it's like no no and like they were actually like probably making shoegaze music back when my bloody valentine was making shoegaze music in the late 80s early 90s Mm. and they actually sound very gazy um i I won't plug too much more uh you guys also sound pretty uh, gazy what's that you guys also sound pretty gazy. Oh, we we definitely get the wall of sound thing. That's that's Josh's territory. The vocals and the guitar. It's it's like a wall of sound, shoegaze, distortion, echo, reverb, wah, fountain, um, psychedelic, psychedelic. Uh, we we call it psychedelic space rock, but it, yeah, it started as an sure. improv jam band. Um, and then we got two other shows. We got uh, we're playing a festival in Galveston, our first time in Galveston, uh, October twenty first at Third Island Party uh, Festival. It's gonna be at Galveston Island Brewing, and we're playing with a bunch of cool bands from like everywhere: Austin, Houston, Galveston. We're playing with like Billy Glitter out of Austin, uh, Cactus Flowers, India Tigers in Texas, bunch of just cool groups. Uh, and then we're playing. October 30th at Andy's. It's a Monday, day before Halloween, uh, with Corey Hansen of Wand out of LA with our buds in Same Brain um, out of Fort Worth and I think now Denton. Um, they're great. So come check us out uh, any of those dates. Yeah. Hell yeah. And all of those days will be on my website and in the description Ooh. of this podcast. And dude, I will really try to make it out there on Wednesday. That sounds so awesome. I, I forgot to mention it. I'll, I'll most likely see you there on Wednesday. Awesome. On the concert, man. I look forward to it. So sweet, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, Eric. That was awesome. Hell yeah. Hare Krishna. You too. Hare Krishna. <laughs>